We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Hi everyone. Lovely to see you all. Um, I'm married to Stacey. We're over here with our two boys. We've got Aaron, who's six, and Micah, who's nearly two. We'd love to say hi to you, so please do come and say hi at some point and give us a wave. It's really good being here. It's really encouraging. It's really stirring being in the room, and I hope that you're experiencing that as well. We may not have said this so far. You may not have heard this yet, but we're three weeks into a series called One Another. And uh, it's not just a woolly theme about human interaction, but it's actually an exploration of a command that is used 100 times in the New Testament. And it's a commandment that teaches the followers of Jesus how to partake in his kingdom as family and how to represent his kingdom to a world at odds with it. So it's not just a nice idea that we're trying to go for. This is a command in scripture used 100 times. And the Greek word used in the original writing of the New Testament for one another is alelon. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. If there's anybody who speaks Greek in here, I'm so sorry. But that word means one another or reciprocally or mutually. I think I've even got a picture of it on the screen. There it is. So this is about people who behave the same way towards one another. Now, if you're somebody a bit like me who likes the roots of words or who likes some of the original translations of Scripture, you can look up Bible concordance, and it gives you all of that in the original language. Now, the command I'm picking up today is encourage one another. And I've got a few verses which show the references for this. So here we go. Here's four verses. And what I thought I could do is if I say the the reference, the Bible passage, and then we can all read the verse together. Is that all right? Just something cool about reading it out together. So 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And then Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Great job, everyone. Now, the words that we speak to ourselves, to others, carry enormous weight. With his words, God created the world. Words have caused wars and led to peace. Words have led to love and have led to hate. They have the power to build up and the power to tear down. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. And we often forget the second half of this verse. It says, Those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. But there's something about encouragement, I think, that is more than just words, more than just saying something good. Encouragement is walked in relationships. It's felt by the presence of the one who brings it. Sometimes encouragement is just being there. It's standing there. It's investing in. It's advocating for someone. It's showing up. In Colossians, Paul wrote about word and deed. James wrote about faith and works. And in Jesus, we were, there's something about showing up, embodying the words that we believe in and speak. Showing up 
is powerful. Now, however we practice it, encouragement is broken down into two words from an old French version of encourager. I went there. And it literally means to put in courage, to instill courage and heart, to make strong. That is much deeper than a casual compliment. Do you catch my drift? Where's Emma Allen? Is she still here? Can I have I'm away from Emma? So right, check this out. I'm going to put this in practice. A compliment is me saying to Emma, Emma, you have a beautiful singing voice. But encouragement is me saying to Emma, Emma, when you sing, I feel like curtains get drawn open and I see God clearer. Do you see the difference? A compliment is me saying to Rob, where's Rob Colwell? A compliment is me saying to Rob, Rob, you're really good with people, bro. But encouragement is me saying, Rob, your people skills open doors for people to walk into the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're talking about. For the community of Jesus followers who received these commands to survive the hardships they faced, they had to operate in an environment of mutual strengthening. They had no other choice. They weren't going to get encouragement from the state or from its military. They weren't going to get it from their oppressors. They weren't going to get it from the hedonistic culture around them. The success of the movement of the early church was dependent in part on their collective strength, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you guys know this more acutely than others right now, but it takes enormous amounts of courage to follow Jesus in the world today. Enormous amounts of courage. The way of Jesus, I believe, is as radical and culture-stirring now as it was when Jesus burst onto the scene like Micah Richards in the first century. It's an in-joke for the Sky Sports fans. Radical, culture-stirring. And we forget that it was so radical, so culture-stirring, that Jesus ended up on the cross not just as an act of human sacrifice, but also as an act of state-backed terror to oppress his message and his life. You know, the reason that we bang on about community in open heaven, the reason it's one of our core values as a church, is not just because we love a bring and share meal, although we do. It's not just because we like a good social or a party. It's because we actually, genuinely need each other on this walk of faith with Jesus. It is so easy to get disheartened, deflated, defeated on this journey of life. I have felt all of those things in the last 18 months on levels I never experienced before. And to be honest with you, I've experienced them in the last 18 days. I have needed courage to be instilled in me by those who believe in me and love me, and I still do, and I always will do. And I need strengthening, and I always will. Sometimes we lose sight of what's in us. We can forget what God has done for us and what he's doing in us. We forget his promises to be with us, to work things together for our good, to make our paths straight. Now, when I was thinking about what it looks like to be reminded of that, to have somebody draw it out of us, to have it called out in friendship and community, there was only one reference that came to my mind. 
a reference from popular culture that I'm delighted to bring back to you. It's from Cool Runnings, 1993 movie. Most of you weren't born. And I'm going to show you a one-minute clip. It's available on Disney Plus and others. Now, this film was a PG. I'm the only person with kids in the room, so we will deal with the consequences. Now, this, this, is a, this is a funny film. It's a funny skit, but there is something that I feel... I guess I'm going to send it with confidence and trust that you take what needs to be taken from it. Is that okay? Apologies for some mild swears in the clip. We're going to be introduced to Junior Bevel, who's lost his confidence, and Yul Brenner, who wants to build him back up. Jared, run the tape. Now look in the mirror and tell me what you see. I see Junior. You see Junior. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. You really see all that? Yeah, man. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> well, I see... Pride! Pride? Right. Power! Power! And I see... A badass mother who don't take, take no, no crap off of nobody! Again! I see pride! Can I hear you? I see power! I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again! I see pride! Junior! I see power! I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right! That's right! Junior Bevel! Wait, what? Where you go? <laughs> oh, it's just amazing, isn't it? Can you see what it does in people when we call out the gold in them? Do you have any idea what people are capable of when courage is instilled in them? Now, we don't all have a big Jamaican sprinter behind us in the mirror saying, tell me what you see. But look around the room. We have each other. I don't want to give you any spoilers of that film. First of all, Junior puts it into practice in a wrong way. But later on, a powerful moment with his father and culminating in a beautiful moment at the end of the film. He is encouraged. I love the way that he says, you really see all of that? Encouragement. You know, I spoke a few summers ago at um, the OH1 Summer Weekender about Barnabas, who's introduced to us in Acts chapter 4. His real name is actually Joseph. Amazing name. But he goes by his nickname, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. I love the fact that he practiced encouragement so much that it became known as his name. And as an encourager, he had a quiet but profound impact on the early church. He was a part of releasing new leaders. He joined many revivals. And maybe more importantly, he made a way for the newly converted Saul, a.k.a. Paul, to be accepted by the apostles. Barnabas saw the gold in him, believed the best of Saul, and made a way for him to become, I mean, a super apostle is kind of putting it nicely. Encouragement makes a way for people to become all that they were made to be. 
If you want the notes for that talk about Barnabas, let me know and I can sort you out. Now, I want to focus now very specifically on encouragement in practice in the church because you may have figured this out, but we're going to head that way together this evening. Now, not only is encouragement incredibly powerful for building each other up, it is also the root of New Testament prophecy. Now, much of the Old Testament prophecy is about speaking truth to power. It's about declaring God's judgment against injustice. It's bringing warnings of disaster to come, but it's also often messianic. So a foretelling of the one who will come, the Messiah. Whereas in the New Testament, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and comfort. He says the ones who prophesy edify the church. And of course, there is a load of prophecy in the New Testament about the second coming of Christ, referenced on a, a table. This is a, this is a J-Mac special. I love tables. I do this in my talks. If you're new, you'll experience this. There's a little table for you. Why not? Now, I know that prophecy can be a scary word. I'm really aware of that. And I also know from experience and also from observation that as with anything in the church, it has the potential to be misused. It has the potential to be poorly practiced. It has the potential to be exploitative. And some of you might feel uncomfortable with the idea of prophecy at the moment. And that's okay because all of us can encourage. And that's like entry level. We can all encourage each other. And there are other stages from there maybe. Now, Scripture suggests that it should be a normal practice for us as followers of Jesus in community to prophesy to each other with important safeguards in place. And I'm going to come on to those in a moment. So verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 14 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The Bible says that prophecy is a spiritual gift, one of many others that are given freely by the Holy Spirit to followers of Jesus. And if you want to learn more about spiritual gifts, about what they are, how they work, or even what yours might be, then we run something just after our weekend away in February called the Discovery Course. And uh, that will be a really helpful guide for you. But prophecy, in essence, is God speaking to us and then through us to other people about what he sees now or what is to come. And there are some important clarifications to make here. So there is a difference between a prophet and the prophetic. A prophet, I would say, is a person. So you have the office of a prophet, which is what it's often known as. A person whose primary spiritual gift is prophecy, who is known, trusted, and received by churches and networks as one who hears from God and speaks to them about what they discern God is doing. So if you look in Ephesians 4.11, it's often known as the fivefold ministry, um, and it talks about Christ giving the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to build the church. So that's like the, the office of the prophet. Whereas the prophetic is a much more generous term that denotes a people, like a culture in a church or a network, where we all practice hearing from God and have the Holy Spirit potential in us to encourage, strengthen, and comfort one another. And we want to operate in the prophetic here in open heaven. It's part of who we are. It's part of who we've been. It's part of where we've come from, where we were birthed. And that's the sort of thing that we want us all to experience and practice safely in open heaven. Now, there may be a couple of prophets in the room today. If so, that's amazing. But our emphasis today is on this being a safe environment where we can all operate in the gift of the Spirit to encourage one another. And I hope that feels doable for you. You know, Jesus said in John 10, chapter, John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice. 
I know them and they follow me. There is something really communal and normal about sheep and shepherds understanding his voice. And the emphasis there as well is that they are the voices, but we know the voice of Jesus. And we want to be in the habit of speaking and listening to God, not just for an event or for a moment, but for our discipleship. Now, God speaks to us in different ways. Some of you may feel that Bible verses come to your mind when you're thinking of people or when you're reading the Bible, you think, oh, this would be perfect for so-and-so. Sometimes you feel like you might have a picture in your mind, an image of something. Sometimes it'll be a song lyric that comes in, an impression or a feeling. Some of you may find that the Holy Spirit reveals something to you about the gold in someone else that they just haven't seen recently. Now, as I said, the entry level of this is encouragement. I gave you a bit of an example earlier with Emma and with Rob that was literally not pre-prepared. We can all do that. But some of us in the room may also want to step out a little bit today and practice speaking uh, prophetically to each other. So if you want to practice the prophetic today, I have some little uh, safeguards that I mentioned to you earlier. Another table. Enjoy the table. This can be made readily available to you afterwards if you like. So here are some uh, important safeguards for us all to bear in mind. So 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 and verse 39 says, Eagerly desire gift of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Be eager to prophesy. So the, the suggestion in the, in the scriptures are that we should ask God to speak to us. So I encourage us all to do that today. Uh, verse 3 says, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. So prophetic words, baseline, should not violate these principles. So if it doesn't get past this filter for you today, don't bring it to somebody, okay? Has everyone got that, yeah? Thank you. Uh, okay, verse 9 of the chapter 13 says, We know in part and we prophesy in part. So in other words, we don't have the full picture. We can't claim to. There are things of God that we do not understand until we meet him. You know that it says in scripture about his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's fine. Don't be tempted to fill the gaps when you bring something to somebody. And it requires humility to go, listen, I don't know the whole story, but this is what I felt God said. And then verse 29 of 1 Corinthians 14, this is very important. Others should weigh carefully what is said. So not only should you pray about what you've heard or shared or experienced beforehand, but we should also be accountable in community. Gone are the days when the big prophet would roll into town, say a load of words, leave a load of grenades, and then go, and we'd be left pastorally with the mess. That, that's not quite how it works so much. We want to work it out in community. We are accountable for our words. And if you haven't picked this up already from Open Heaven, we believe in community. We believe we should all be in small groups. Get connected to a small group, not just because it's a midweek thing to fill your diary, because we need it. We need each other. So whatever you get, we want to pray about it. We want to weigh it up together. We want to say, look, does this resonate with you because it doesn't with me or something like that. Process it together. And also, I would say good practice, write down what you're going to share before you share it or voice note it. That way, if anyone says, oh, what did you say? You can reference it. And it also means you don't say things that are totally crazy. And then like the last verse I wanted to use for this is John 16, verse 13. And Jesus said this himself. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. I find that really comforting, that the Holy Spirit does not come to bring us confusion, does not come to take us off peace. He comes to confirm what is true and speak what he hears from the Father. There is a unity of the community, of the Trinity, that means they never undermine or violate each other. 
In other words, what the Holy Spirit might say to you is never going to contradict what's written in Scripture. And it's never going to go against how the Father speaks of us. So what you hear has to be consistent with what is written. God will not I realize we've gone from like, oh, cool runnings, encouragement, sick, to, oh, prophecy, it's a bit scary. And it's not meant to be like that. I'm trying to show you there's a natural progression between the two. And that prophecy is about encouraging, strengthening, and comforting. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to encourage each other. Mm. Who needs encouragement today? The answer is everybody. And I don't know if I expected you to put your hands up, but thank you, Michael. Thank you. So what we're going to do, um, I'll just talk this through really, really easily. It's going to be just like a nice, safe environment. And the idea is that everybody leaves today feeling encouraged. I would love that to be my experience of church every week. And if you're new today, this is a great experience. You're going to be encouraged. And if you've ever been to church before, this is what we do. We encourage each other. And if you're finding life hard right now, this is what we do. We encourage each other so that when you leave this room, when you go to work or you go to uni or you go to whatever... You've got everything. You're ready. So we're going to have a bit of space. I'm going to basically just like pray in a second and then just leave some silence for like a minute or two. And in that time, I want to just encourage us all to be just asking God to speak to us. And so you could pray however you want to pray, like, Shepherd, I want to hear your voice, or Jesus, I'm listening, or whatever it might be. And then I'm going to encourage you to just write down what you think has come for you, for someone else in the really normal thing. Because you know what happens. As soon as six o'clock comes and the gathering finishes, I notice that you all talk to each other which is cool. So that's all it is, is that. But instead of talking like about the weather, you're going to talk about how great they are, or what God's done in them. And um, that's basically encouragement, okay? Now, there are some, like, for those of you who are maybe like more practiced in the prophetic, or you've done this a bit before, or you've had experience, um, if you feel like you've got something that is for the whole room, then I want you to come and speak to Tilly and Michael about it, and then they can wear it, whether that's a great idea. Sometimes when, I, when I've done this before, I have a word for somebody and I think actually that needs to be said in public so that other people can pray for them and get behind it. So if that's again where you're at, come and talk to Tilly and Michael. I trust them and I love them. Okay, Tilly is on the OH1 leadership team. Michael is our youth worker on the staff team. These guys are, are solid. So come and speak to them and they're ready to anchor this time. Is that okay? Is everyone okay? Is everyone with me? You all look a bit worried or a bit tired. So can you stand up? Is that okay if you're able to do that and Maybe you just need to shake some stuff off. Now, it could be that you want to pray, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, tell me what you see. You might want to bring it back to cool runnings. That's what I'm going to pray. Okay? So, um, let's just be ready to pray. God, we want to thank you so much that you're with us today, that your word promises us, that you're with us when we gather that you're with us by your Holy Spirit, that, um, Jesus, you sent your Holy Spirit to us and you said that the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. You said that the Holy Spirit would empower us, would remind us of what you've taught us, would equip us for all that we have been called to do. So we're really grateful that you're here. And we just want to tune our ears into you now. It's not that you weren't here before and you suddenly are. You've always been here, but we want to tune our ears into you right now. And we say, God, tell us what you see. Tell us who in this room needs encouragement today. Not just a compliment, but courage instilled in them. In Jesus' name.